0: hello and welcome to weekly mtg i'm your host blake rasmussen today we are going to spend you know normally on the show the news segment is kind of what we do at the beginning and we we get to the main thing but the, the the news is the main thing we've had a lot of news for magic the gathering lately we had three straight weekends of panels from gen con from barcelona and from San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, in between that, we've announced some things. Uh, we had a BR announcement yesterday. The story uh, for Wilds of Old Drain kicked off today. So we're just gonna spend this show talking through some of the news, going over it, and then answering any lingering questions you might have to the best of my ability. Uh, so yeah, we're kinda gonna hang out, we're gonna talk the latest news in magic and uh, and chat. We may last an hour, we may not. We'll see. We'll see what you need to know. So Uh, Let's kick things off with the first bit of news that we announced yesterday, which was the unbannings, actually. We didn't have any bannings this time around. We unbanned two cards, one in Modern, Preordain, our good friend, Preordain. It's a blue spell, it draws cards. Uh, This card was originally banned way back in 2013 uh, as part of an effort to make Storm decks less consistent. Uh, and other blue decks played it. So Since then, um, blue cantrips have taken a bit of a backseat in the format. You still see some of them here and there, uh, especially in Blue Red murktide. Tide. will probably gain some new life in archetypes like those, but it is hardly going to be format-defining at this point. Um, and I think the one that a lot of players are excited to try out, at least a lot that I've seen on social media, are, is the Unbanning of Minds Desire, in Legacy. This uh, creates or opens up several different archetypes and different ways to approach winning with Storm. And so a lot of players trying out Minds Desire. It attacks from a completely different angle uh, than a lot of different Storm decks. And so excited to see what a lot of people come up with there. from there we're going to go over the news real quick and then we'll uh just overview of the the things we're going to be talking about and then we'll we'll jump to q a uh after that a couple things to note wilds of el drain story started today so if you head to dailymtg.com uh the first episode of the wilds of el drain story is up uh it is written by friend of the show kate arsenal rivera A wonderful writer who has written several things for us before, so glad to have them back writing for us. Uh, Yesterday, if the BNR announcement wasn't your cup of tea, Mark Rosewater's teaser for Wilds of Eldraine also went up on Blogatog. I, for my part, saw a lot of speculation about the new token with multiple types on it. Um, Yep, you can see a lot of the teasers there. We can can maybe talk about these, but... um, I'm not going to give anything away. Of course, this all leads up to the debut next Tuesday. Uh, so we're going to be doing the after show here on Weekly MTG next Tuesday. Uh, and then finally, the biggest news the past three weeks was, of course, the Magic Up30 Gen Con panel that went out on Saturday. So uh, if you head to Magic's YouTube channel, You can watch the video that recaps everything we shared. Uh, But the biggest thing was we looked at the next couple years, multiple years of sets coming out. Um, So we had a couple graphics that we put out that summarizes everything. So this is what 2024 is going to look like. Um, I do want to emphasize there will be some smaller releases. These are all the main booster releases, um, plus the main uh, Fallout Commander release that are released throughout the year. Um, there will be some smaller releases sprinkled out throughout this, but these are the large ones for 2024. Um, I've, I've seen, you know, a bit about each of these sets. Super excited. Um, I'm excited to start the year with Ravnica Remastered. As someone in chat pointed out, the Retroframe uh, Dual Lands is, is pretty nice. But each of these sets has some pretty cool stuff going for it. And it seemed like a lot of people online found the thing that they were most excited about and started talking about that. 2025 and 2026 got a little bit more speculative we used code names for the most part tennis ultimate volleyball wrestling yachting and zip lining uh, zip lining is the culmination of a sort of uh overall story arc we have sort of three mini story arcs one starting with wilds of Eldrain. again that story starting today um that one's going to last about a year uh, and then we'll have three of those year-long story arcs, which are sort of self-contained, but then also part of this overarching uh, story arc. So uh, definitely look for that. So that those are kind of the general things that we're going to spend time talking about today. Of course, if you have other things you'd like to talk about, feel free to ask. But let's jump into chat and start answering questions. Um, Netflix series went, I don't have any news on it, uh, either way. Um, why did Pioneer have no bands? I imagine a lot of the questions I'm going to get are going to be about the BNR announcement that was pretty recent and everybody seems to have different opinions on the banning. I was part of, I'm not part of the group that makes the decisions, uh, well, kind of, um, but I'm, I'm in the meeting, I get to listen and, and share my thoughts and so, uh, Pioneer didn't have any bans because, quite frankly, the, the metagame is pretty balanced. Um, any sort of look at the overall Pioneer metagame, you'll see a wide variety of decks. You won't find any deck that has any um, major outlier in win percentage or play rate. Um, and so our normal metrics for banning cards uh, in a non-rotating format like Pioneer just just aren't there. Uh, now, there are a lot of people who certainly share, you know, different opinions on Pioneer. Um, they either don't like the green deck, uh, they don't like Nykthos, they don't like Karn, um, you know, uh, they don't like the black-red decks. There are a variety of opinions, but um, there, there isn't, by the normal metrics, any necessary reason to ban anything in Pioneer. Um, so let's see. I think Modern needs a lot more than a pre-ordained, unbanned, pitch, elementals, rendering, et cetera. All could mix things up. Would love to see a bit more community input. You know, Modern was the, lo- um, the largest discussion point in the BNR meeting that we had. Um, and a lot of different cards were discussed to try to do a lot of different things in the format. Um, and there was an acknowledgement that the format is in a, a diverse place right now. But there is a lot of opportunity for it to become less diverse Um, and so the the team took kind of a wait-and-see approach they didn't want to ban anything now um, because quite frankly the the pro tour was pretty diverse Um, the different decks the different win percentages we saw mono green tron come back you know there's it's become sort of a meme at this point that the modern horizon sets have rotated the format multiple times but Man, Modern Green Tron has been around for a really long time. There was a, um, and someone shared that Cedric Phillips played a Mono Green Tron list back in like 2011, and it was something like 63% of the deck was was still being played at this Pro Tour. So, um, Modern has things that that come and go, and, and, and it, it could be that this current card pool Eventually needs a shakeup, but they determined that there wasn't a need now. Um, but they wanted to unban something. They're constantly reevaluating the list. If they're not going to ban anything, um, you know what's safe to unban. It's you know I, I've seen some calls for mass unbannings. All these cards are, are not powerful, but um, you know we also hear the complaints that Modern Horizons two rotates the format, um, but. It would also be effectively a rotation to mass unban a bunch of things. So I think what you'll see, and, and again, I'm not the decision maker here, but I think what you'll see is it's likely that R&D will take a step-by-step approach to unbanning things uh, as as they decide to do so, and that you'll see one card unbanned here and there rather than any kind of mass unbanning. Um, Is Pioneer Masters only coming on Arena? Yes, it is. Um, Let's see. Do I have a favorite 2024 product? Um, Assassin's Creed. So I am a big Assassin's Creed fan. I've played all the games. Uh, They are essentially the only video game series that I still play. I just don't have enough time. I have little kids. Um, But I end up making the time when a new Assassin's Creed title releases, so I'm excited about Assassin's Creed I think that's what you see a lot from the universes beyond stuff is once you hit on something that somebody loves um, Then they get really excited about that Is Assassin's Creed gonna be a full booster release? No Um, We were a little um, cagey about it, but they're gonna be something called beyond boosters it's better to think of assassin's creed as sort of a small set with a different release line so beyond boosters won't be draftable um, it's, it's going to be a different sort of product we're going to talk more about that as we get close to it but it's not a full booster release the same way that lord of the rings was or that final fantasy will be um, why no big sets in q4 of 2024 are we returning to the old release schedule for premier sets um, that's just the way the release cadence works out you know Q4 is often a bit challenging um, for big sets because of the holidays um, Wizards of the Coast shuts down for about two weeks um, at the end of December um, so that's not to say. like I said there are going to be small releases throughout the year here and there so uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see something in 2020 or in Q4 um, but uh, there won't be a major release in, in that. All right, let's see da, 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 da. All right, what's the process? Oh, I just lost the question. So there's a process question about unbanning and then da, 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 da. don't want to miss these. So I think I saw. Da, 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 da. All right, I lost that particular question, but we'll, we'll go on with some of these other ones because there's a bunch of great questions in here. Um... When and where will Eternal Weekend be held this year and when can we expect an announcement about it? Eternal formats are generally known and need time to plan for the events. Um, That announcement is very nearly here. We were actually aiming to have that announcement out today, but there was one outstanding thing. So we have the announcement ready to go. We're waiting for one more piece of information, uh, one more puzzle piece, and then we will have that announcement. We are aiming for later this week. I'm not going to guarantee it's later this week, but we are... Um, we've kind of given a drop dead for that last piece of information to happen before the Wilds of Eldraine debut next week. So uh, fans who are looking for information about Eternal Weekend, it is coming, it is very close. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, Pioneer Masters, it, it's only an arena release. Uh, what was the rationale for Splinter Twin t- still being banned? It, the, Splinter, the Splinter Twin thing is so, it's really funny to me because... That deck was so frustrating to play against, to have in the metagame, and it's, it's gotten this um, special place in, in people's memories for some reason, and that deck was not fun to play against. It's powerful, it's possible that it's no longer um, as strong as it was, but what Splinter Twin did was it put a very specific pressure on the format. If it was your opponent's turn three, if they had three mana out, you essentially could not tap out. You had to have removal ready because all they had to do, and it had to be instant speed removal, um, because end of turn, Pestermite, untap, play, Splinter Twin, um, was so devastating. It won the game. It won the game straight up turn four. And there's interaction um, because you had things like you know, you cast the Pestermite, tap down their land, which causes them to do it. Now you look at things like, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the free counterspell, but you can play, um, you know, you have additional free blue counterspells to protect the combo. Um, you ha- you still have things like Spell Skite that can protect it. Um, there are a lot more tools, and I don't, I don't think it adds free. Fun to the format. It's it's a bit of a meme. I know some people really enjoyed the deck and enjoyed the play, um, but it it created play patterns that were just far worse. Can you comment on whether there's a plan to get modern on arena after pioneer next year? Sorry if it was already asked. It wasn't already asked, or if it was, I missed it. Um, there are no plans. So um, in the video. Chris Kuritz, if you listen, was very clear that even though Modern Horizons 3 is coming to Arena, uh, there are not currently plans for Modern to come to Arena. Now, never say never, maybe in the long distance future it comes to Arena. But currently the team is focused on Pioneer. Let's see. All right, with the arrival of the full set of cons in December in Arena, will Fetchlands be historic, or will they be pre banned? Thanks in advance. So, I have not been party to any discussion of the Fetchlands being pre-banned. So, I've, I've not heard anything about that. That's not to say it's not something that uh, people are thinking about, but I'm not aware of anything like that. Um, so, with, so and, and also to clarify in the concept of one, we put out some bad information on that day. Uh, it is cons of Tarkir the set that is being released, not concept of Tarkir the block. So one set, not not three sets. Um, do you think we'll see twin, Splinter Twin or other additional unbans in the future? I think there will be additional unbans in the future. Um, there were a number of cards discussed in the BNR meeting that the team had. Um, Splinter Twin was not one of them. Um, but I do think that, uh, especially in periods where the format is healthy and can absorb a little bit of that. I think you'll you'll possibly see some unbans. Uh, let's see. Extremely hyped for Magic Valley Arena getting MH three. Does that mean that sometime in the future we can get some older formats like Legacy and Vintage? Again, never say never. Um, but it's not on any current Rone ban. Uh, And Any conversations or insight you can give into a Commander BNR update? Uh, No, I actually have no insight into that. I am not on, um, that is an external team and I have not had anything shared internally. There's the question I saw earlier. Um, Hey Blake, what's the process behind the unban of the card? Does the test team actually try every banned card before each announcement? Um, I know they do some testing of cards ahead of the discussions Um, but no try every card absolutely not they they do there isn't a sort of pre-bnr meeting um, everything's unbanned sort of tournament or anything like that Um, the the process is a lot like the process for banning a card there's a lot of data there's a lot of um, uh, examination and discussion so, for Preordain, for example, they, they kind of looked at the list and sort of uh, eyeballed, you know, not only what would be a good card, you know, what can the format absorb power level wise, but also what adds to the format, what adds something that people will want uh, to play with. So, you know, that's, I've I said that a few times with Splinter Twin, I, I, I don't think. Um, people who played in the Splinter Twin era understand that it's, um, it's not that fun for the environment. Uh, and so that's why that card isn't particularly discussed. But then you look at something like Preordain, and there are types of players, um, you know, Merktide is, is an example. Murktide um, was a top deck, if not the top deck in Modern for a really long time. And then, um, you know, especially Orcus Bo- Orcish Bowmasters, um, put a pretty big crimp in that, because Blue-Red has has two things that Orcish Bromasters love to prey on, which is drawing extra cards and also having one-toughness creatures. And so uh, Murktide took a hit there, and so knowing that Murktide is part of the environment, but got a bit weaker, led them down the path of, okay, well, um, Preordain is a stronger one-mana cantrip than... Merktide currently has access to so this looks like it's safe to unban so that was kind of the discussion there three mana tafiri and splinter twin and deck together sounds like a bad time yeah exactly exactly any wilds of eldraine spoilers planned for today not today no next week right here uh 10 a.m um we will be talking about that Uh, What was the rationale for uh, unbanning Preordain in a Bowmaster's meta? I kind of just discussed that, so I won't go into it. Um, Let's see. Um, What about Golgari Grave Troll? Seems the game is fast enough to let the good boy roam free again. We did that once before. Golgari Grave Troll was banned, it was unbanned, and it was subsequently re-banned. Um, So given that that happened with Golgari Grave Troll, I I totally understand there's not a dredge deck in the format right now, Um, but unbanning Golgari Grave Troll um, didn't go well once, and so I think that that, given that, it's probably lower on the list. Um, If the evoke elementals are legal, so should be Mox Opal. Possibly. You know, I also saw something that was interesting about unbanning all of the artifact lands, that there are currently multiple artifact lands in the format, and um, the format seems to be just fine for it. Um, Mox Opal might be a step too far. Um, It's hard to say, uh, given that there isn't a significant presence for artifact aggro decks. Uh, You know, Hammer Time would definitely use Mox Opal. Um and you know but the question is is that you know a good thing to give that deck a little bit more share in this format I don't know Um will the booster fund treatment of Ramnica return to Ramnica remastered or Carl I'm not sure what that question is asking unfortunately When can we expect new shrine cards the deck needs some love I do not know Bit of a fantasy, but was dark depths ever in the discussion? It was not part of the discussion. Mm -hmm. Green Sun Zenith. Green Sun Zenith was, I think, mentioned and discussed um, briefly. Is there one band meeting or a series of meetings that lead to a decision? So there's one final meeting, and then within the R&D team, There are some small meetings and work that is done leading up to that final meeting. So um, you may notice that the BNR announcement is written by multiple people now. Um, It used to be just written by Aaron Forsyth and then just written by Ian Duke, and now there's multiple people who uh, read it. Basically, what they've done is there are individuals who are sort of the leads for formats. Um, and so they manage that process in, in you know, slightly different ways, and, and of course, older formats have different um, needs and, and that sort of thing. Uh, so it it is a series of steps and work leading up to one final big meeting. <laughs> Uh, let's see. When can we expect more Plane Chase after Doctor Who? I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm not going to answer that straight up, but I'm trying to think if there's more on the roadmap. I don't know. Um, deck to choose in standard at the moment. You know, I'm not currently playing standard. I have fallen in love with historic um, Yawgmoth. So Golgari Yawgmoth is what I've been playing, and then Canadian Highlander. I'm actually going to go play in a Canadian Highlander event this weekend, which I'm very excited about. Uh, when can we expect more Doctor Who spoilers? Not for a little bit. We're going to move into Wild Rain season. Uh, has there been any discussion yet on how many cards from each Final Fantasy game will be put into the set? No, we're still a ways off from that, um, so we haven't talked about any bit of that publicly. Um, how important is the fun experience when it comes to ban? Mono Green and Pioneer isn't fun to play against, for example. It is an aspect of the discussion, but it is not the entire discussion. So, um, for example, Sensei's Divining Top was banned some time ago. And part of that discussion was how it made games drag and how it um, not only messed with tournaments and how long they were taking and round times but um so uh, fun experience is a component with the caveat that different people find different pe- different things fun for example there's a lot i'm going to keep talking about splinter twin apparently there are a lot of people who found splinter twin fun um there are a lot of people who enjoy that deck who want it back who find that sort of gameplay fun Generally speaking, um, most people don't. So, uh, Mono Green and Pioneer isn't fun to play against. For example, Mono Green doesn't right now have um, the highest win rate. Um, it's a it's the fun bit is certainly a component when it's when something's sort of on the line. I'd say if something had you know a win rate up around fifty eight percent. Um, which is which is getting high uh, in a format that it might tip it over. Uh, mono green's not there. Uh, mono green's very beatable, so um, I, I definitely hear that some people uh, and, and a good portion of people don't like playing against mono green and pioneer, um, but it's not problematic in a way to take it away from people who do find that gameplay fun. Um, could Dread Return see an unbanning? Um, probably not. Um, Dread Return is really only built to do unfair things. It's not, um, it's not built to do normal, fun, fair things. Never say never, again. Um, any talks of bringing a more accessible Wizards Rand Tournament scene returning, similar to Grand Prix of the past? So, we've started actually dipping our toes in that. If you, if you haven't seen the announcement, um, and they haven't, and it hasn't gone very wide, so I definitely understand that, but at Barcelona, and at, at and two weeks ago, two-ish weeks ago, and upcoming at MagicCon Vegas, um, we are running um, the 100k, at Vegas it's a 100k open, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, 100k limited open, which is a, uh, anyone can enter, you do have to have a badge, Uh, buy a ticket, Um, but anyone who's at the convention can enter. And um, it has a, you know, the 100K obviously has significant prizes. So, uh, yes, we are um, working on some of those things. That is uh, one example of that. Uh, considering we had Dominaria remastered and are getting Ravnica remastered and Innistrad remastered, can we ex- start to expect one remastered set every one to two years? would love a Kamigawa remastered. Um, I mean, as far as we've talked about for set releases, we are doing just that with Dominaria remastered, Ravnica remastered, Innistrad remastered. Um, beyond that, who knows? We'll see how they're received as well. Um... We haven't... uh, So for people asking about the legality of the Final Fantasy set, we have not announced that yet. That one's still a bit away. Have you thought about a Bridge From Below unban? It's kind of a similar thing where um, it just doesn't do fair fun things. In an environment where Bridge From Below is strong, it is almost universally disliked and warping. So probably not. Uh, so many answers, so many questions we've had for a long time. Thanks for the discussion Blake. You're welcome. I like to do these streams. These kinds of streams are not exciting um, in the sort of macro sense. They don't get a people, kind of people turning in. But for people who want these answers, I, I try to have these conversations as much as possible. Uh, with five premiere set releases shown for 24, are any of the sets going to be smaller size like Aftermath? Um, the, so as I said before, Assassin's Creed is a smaller set, so we used to do small, big, big sort of sets within blocks, um, or big, small, small, that sort of thing. Anyone who's been playing long enough to remember that sort of schema where they were smaller sets of cards, Assassin's Creed is a smaller set in that sense. I think the Barcelona event would have been more popular if you just called it a Grand Prix. Possibly let's see uh can you show off the rest of the retro Shocklands from Ravnik remastered we are probably going to do that at uh, the preview panel at MagicCon las vegas were there any discussions about the strength of mh2 elementals as threats they seem well costed even without their own abilities um just interested in the design process um in the banning meeting we discussed the elementals i don't know that they were ever um Seriously under consideration for banning, but we certainly discussed, for example, um, Fury's effect on small creatures in the format. We've had similar discussions with about Ren and Six, um, you know, Bowmasters. The format right now in modern is very hostile to one toughness creatures. Many of the best uh, cards make sure that one toughness creatures are a liability. Now, that's it, Orcish Bowmasters itself is a one toughness creature. Um, so, It is not, there are certain ways that some of them do make their way into the format. Um, You know, we're still seeing Ragavan, even if it took a hit from Orcish Bowmasters. So um, that was sort of the context around the discussion about the Elementals. Um, I don't think they were close to banning them, but um, again, never say never. Uh... Let's see. Uh, Historic or alchemy ban list changes. I don't have any news on that. Um, I think accompanying the BNR each year, there should be a state of the format post explaining the meta and what Magic's goals and the idea of the format are. So we used to do... um, something called um, Latest Developments, which was an article every Friday that um, came from that part of uh, studio, R&D, that did sort of that exact thing. I mean, they would talk about design philosophy and and development. Well, it was focused on development, not design. Um, And the challenge we found was that as the game developed and changed and as our philosophy changed, Um, people would take what we said years ago and say well but but you said this was the philosophy of the format then and um, and so it's become a challenge to keep that philosophy updated as things shift and change and we learn and and magic is at its core if you want to give a philosophical underpinning to anything to anything about magic um, and we tried to underscore this at Gen Con It's about innovation. There is one constant in magic, and it is change. It is a game that evolves, and it is, I believe, one of the strengths that has kept it going for 30 years, um, as as we celebrate three decades of this game, which is kind of amazing. Uh, And so we found that putting this is our philosophy in here um, was challenging and difficult and, and often created problems. So one of the earliest philosophies we espoused on Modern was that it was a turn four format, um, which boy did that cause problems for a while because if the format got faster or slower or whatever. Oddly enough, I think um, Modern is somewhere around a, um, turn four is the sort of key turn sort of format with with the One Ring, with Assembling Tron, um, with Murktai plus Counterspell, those sorts of things. you know, Ractos Evoke does change that a little bit because often most of the important stuff happens on turn one. Um, but also, we saw you know if you watched the pro tour, we saw some really engaging, dynamic, interactive games. Um, you know, the the finals, um, semifinals, um, the matchups between Black Red Evoke and Green Tron especially were some of the most epic games I've seen in a really long time in any format. And so um, that's a long way of saying that Magic is always changing, always evolving, and it is absolutely helpful and useful to get that sort of state of the format in, but it will change. Um, And we could do more regular announcements, but um, that's something we can talk about. Let's see. How surprised were you with the popularity of the Lord of the Rings land cyclers and modern, in modern, particular Lorien revealed? I don't know about the um, design and development team. I have not talked to them about the land cyclers. Um, I'm personally very surprised uh, that Canadian Highlander event this weekend i am going to be playing Lorien revealed i don't own any Lorien reveals um i have multiple scenes finished out in foil i have so much lord of the rings content i just didn't keep any of those um because i i didn't think i'd need them i love them in draft um and i've drafted lord of the rings probably more than any set in a very long time so i personally was surprised i don't know about the team i don't know if those were designed for that you know things like Living End are certainly things that decks that that can that sort of thing can be excited. Those decks have expected those decks have played land cyclers for a very long time. Uh, Rhinos is a weird one in that it's looking for any spells that do one thing for one or two mana, but technically cost more. And Lorien Revealed fits into that as well as being pitchable, um, to their various free counter spells. So, um I think they are a bit surprising. Uh, I, don't, I didn't see many people outside the building talking about them, but I don't know how, you know, if they were intended to be that impactful or not. Noble, Nobler Hierarch 1-2 confirmed. Uh, you know, it's... I'll give you a... Should I say this? So, I mean, I already said the Fury thing, that Fury keeps you know, X ones down. Uh, and it is you know, part of the discussion. It was part of the discussion um, you know, for the teams working on Modern Horizons, saying, you know, uh, should we make toughnesses too? Should we look at doing that to, to give more play into the format? Um, those are the, I'll, So I'll say that those are definitely the kinds of questions that uh, the R&D team looks at. And, and when you see something with two toughness, that may be why. Um, revitalizing standard updates. You know, it's. We're, we're sort of. Um, there are some other discussions happening behind the scenes on revitalizing standard. But the first two um, big steps uh, having more standard events and. Uh, so the ban, there are actually three. The ban, having more standard events, and the change rotation. So. Two out of the three of those things haven't taken effect yet, and we've, we've said, hey, we've got plans for these things, and they just haven't happened yet. So we did the BNR, um, which I think went well. I think the format's in a better place, um, and then we haven't hit rotation yet. So we're going to learn a lot when the standard doesn't rotate when wild developed drain enters. Um, I think that's going to be the next sort of inflection point where we look at the format and say, okay. What actually happened here? What, um, you know, these sets didn't rotate out? Um, did that keep people playing? Did they tune out? Did they tune in? Um, we're going to learn a lot at that point. Uh, and then there may be more adjustments there. Um, so, and then the, the more standard events, these standard events haven't kicked in yet. So um, we're still kind of waiting. Um, what does Wizards have against the word scam? It's not descriptive. Um, it doesn't actually say what the deck does. So we try to be descriptive. And this is a battle we you know, I used to do coverage before I started Wizards of the Coast. This has been, you know, the whole affinity versus robots thing um, was kind of, is kind of the, you know, main example. We stopped calling affinity affinity because it stopped playing cards that had you know, the mechanic affinity in them. We called it robots, because they were robots, but everybody just kept calling it affinity. Um, we, try not, we try in the names of decks to use magic names, to, use, to not use um, nicknames or gimmicks, in part because we haven't vetted those, and so we um, don't always know the origin, we don't know if someone's making a sly wink-wink, nudge-nudge joke, uh, it's sort of the same reason we did away with team names at, at Team Pro Tours, and so it's not the name in particular we have anything against. This is just our general na- deck naming philosophy, which leads to some weirdness um, every once in a while. Uh, I know you have a hard job and often take the heat for a lot of decisions you have no part of, and I don't think you hear enough. We appreciate you like, Ah, oh, thank you. Uh, what are you playing at the Highlander event? I'm. I've been messing with. So, I had a four color lands deck, and slowly I started taking red cards out of it. Um, And so, it's now become a salty deck. And it was lands, but then I've moved away from it, so it might be salty control. Um, I'm toying with because Shouldered and Orcish Bowmasters are more cards that punish extra draws. Um, and I happen to own a Time Twister. I'm, just, I'm, I'm toying with playing all the cards that say, like, your opponent can't draw more than one card. Playing Time Twister, doing something in that range. I don't know. It's a sultai deck, uh, more than likely. I have Jeskai um, sort of aggro mid-range as my backup. Uh, we'll see. I'll probably be playing Ancestral Recall. I'll definitely be playing blue cards, um, but still need to do a little more testing. Um, what do you think about more transparency or community involvement for future BNR announcements? I, I, so I love transparency and sharing our thoughts. I, I think that this BNR announcement, the, the actual written text announcement was great. I think it shared a lot more um, sort of behind the scenes. There's only so many words you can do. it. There's only so many people who are going to continue to read after you write, um, you know, a thousand words on the topic. Um, but I do think that sharing a lot of our thinking is good. Um, you don't necessarily have to agree with it but you can at least see where it's coming from community involvement um, when it comes to tournament announcements is unlikely um, it, it's it's already a pretty big process adding community involvement is probably ah, wasn't team handshake said over often over the weekend so um, team names. so there were when, when I we're talking about team names at pro tours there are two different things so it used to be that we would have a, like a team pro tour where, you know, someone would play standard, someone would play modern, somebody played play legacy or whatever. Um, you'd have three people on team and every team had a different team name. So you had a pro tour with, you know, a couple hundred team names sometimes. And we couldn't vet all of those. So Team Handshake, meanwhile, is a testing team testing teams we've always used those names um there are fewer of them we can vet them Um, we can make sure that they're you know good people good names all that sort of stuff um any updates for when more mc vegas information will be posted off the top of my head i don't remember Mm -mm -mm. let's see when will these new standard events kick in not for a little bit i think they start i, I think honestly they don't start um for the most part until like january um will the universe beyond jurassic park cards be coming to arena when ixalan comes out uh, i don't know that off the top of my head i, for, I forget what we said uh at yeah, the gen con Do you ever find that there are answers out there to problematic cards that are just un- underutilized when considering bans? We have that, yeah, we've had that discussion before. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, but we've definitely had conversations where r and said, I thought this card was going to see more play. It's not seeing more play, and because it's not seeing more play, this other card is uh, sort of dominating or taking its place. Um, So, you know, some examples are, I'm trying to think, like, back in the Siege Rhino days, um, there were some cards that were really powerful, but but didn't match up well against Siege Rhino. Oftentimes when a card is underplayed, it's because it doesn't match up well against a commonly played card. And so there were several cards I remember that... Um, were powerful enough to see play, but just didn't match up well against Siege Rhino, which was very popular, and thus it suppressed the play. And so I know that sort of conversation often happens, um, but the uh, I can't think of any other specific examples. But that conversation definitely takes place. Uh, Magikon in Canada, when? Um, so we're probably going to announce... Probably, not, not for sure, but we're probably announce our slate of magic Cons for next year at uh, or around Magiccon Vegas. Um, would we ever do a magic Con in Canada? Probably. It was great to see live Magic, especially modern. Hope to see more of it in the future. Agree, loved it. Um, the commentators were great, coverage was great. Uh, I wasn't there, so I actually got to watch coverage, which was fantastic. Uh, will there be an article with more info about the Gen Con previews? No, so there is an article about the Gen Con uh, stuff, but it mostly is there to house the video. The video is only about 36 minutes long, uh, which is relatively short for one of these announcement videos, so if you can spare 36 minutes, it's definitely with it. Um, I need Drain spoilers. Next week. Next week. Uh, with the expanse of Universe Beyond into full sets, is the competitive legality of these cards being revised? Um, We've not announced the legality for any of the Universe Beyond sets. Um, I mean, the so, more, Fallout is a commander deck release. It will have normal commander legality, so commander eternal legality. Um, but booster releases, we have not announced that yet. Uh, we did say that Assassin's Creed will be legal in Modern. We said that publicly. Uh, let's see. Siege Drino became busted because of concerns with white token-generating strategies during set development. Um, man, I'm thinking of... There's a story I have from that era. It wasn't about Siege Rhino specifically, but the tokens thing made me think of it. I'm debating whether I share that story or not it's it's quaint in respect but it's um do you know when judge academy will be allowed to share the latest set of judge promos i do not uh any possibility of magic con coming to latin america again never say never the challenges with latin america um and the reason that it ends up being in north america a lot is one of the things we look for with magic cons are central transportation hubs that are relatively easy for most of the magic playing population to get to. And so when you look at the magic playing population, heavily concentrated in North America, um, large contingent in Europe, um, we've got a significant uh, contingent in um, sort of what we call the the sort of Pacific Rim area of Asia, so um, uh, Japan, uh, Taiwan China um, Australia New Zealand regions over there um, so transportation is kind of the big concern with sending everyone to Latin America it's it's good for some it's not good for others um, but part of the reason you see a lot of the Magic Con centralized in North America is just pure transportation for the bulk of the audience that would go so um, never say never and um, we'll see which commander should i run to deal with the summer heat It feels like a trap i don't know what i don't want to answer that um tolerant um probably a huey question Has there any thought of changing the companies who are hosting the regional magical events magic events in the future uh that is more of a billy jensen question um I think the answer is, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't even say that, but um, post set ban windows open for unbans as well. So the philosophy for the, so we had this, this is kind of the, the big yearly one where they're a bit more permissive with what they would ban and unban. Um, in a normal year, if we hadn't just made changes to standard, this is the, the time when changes to standard would happen. Um, so the other windows, there's one coming up in October, um, are they have a, they just have a higher bar to clear. Um, for standard, it's gotta be an emergency. It's gotta be, this is a disaster, we need to fix standard now. For eternal formats, that bar is a bit lower. It's not all the way low. It's not a normal, um, what we're used to sort of being our announcement where just kind of anything goes. Um, but it is, it is lower than the standard bar. And um, there could be unbans at that point, but um, I I think given that there's a major modern competitive season coming up, that's probably unlikely. Um, That's another factor in all of this is considering what are the major competitive seasons happening? What's gonna be the pressure on the format? um, What decks did people already built? What are they planning? Um, We wanna be less disruptive to people who have their deck locked in for a season, that sort of thing, Uh, so yeah. Mm-mm-mm. My wife attended Magic uh, Con Barcelona and hadn't played a game in her life. Um, she loved her Friday there. Great event. Great. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah. Why have there been fewer trailers and teasers for upcoming sets? Uh, they used it in Bros. Warner. Great. Um, it's just, you know, each set kind of has its own needs and. Um, uh, and what makes sense for that set budget-wise and creatively. And um, so it's just kind of a mishmash of of different reasons for any individual set. Let's see. Let's see what else we have. Would be nice to have an official MagicCon London. What's the likeliness of legacy without supplemental sets or pre-modern getting official support? I would say close to zero because the reason people play legacy without supplemental sets or pre-modern is because they want to opt out of that direct support. Uh, So giving those sorts of smaller formats that were created for that um, direct support sort of goes against the whole reason for those formats for being. Any changes predicted to Popper? You know, I don't play enough Popper um, to have any predictions. So I don't know. Uh, da, 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 da. Anything new with multiplayer mode coming to Arena? So I would definitely listen to the video. Chris Kieritz does address multiplayer um, as, as something being sort of a twinkle in their eye for the future. Um, but listen, listen to the video for that. I want to say it's towards the it's in the arena section in like the 2025, 2026 space. I think after he talks about Final Fantasy, um, my, my memory might be a little bit off there, but uh, check out the video there. Uh, before COVID, there was a GP pretty much every weekend around the world. What are the chances some type of event like GPs can make a return on a consistent basis? So I talked a little bit about this earlier that the um, 1K opens at Magic Cons are uh, us dipping our toes into that, seeing what the demand is like. Um, we're a long way off from having a GP every weekend around the world. Uh, that, that is not something that is on the horizon. Could we get there eventually? Of course never say never but um, not anytime soon Uh, we're still trying to figure out what the demand is for those sorts of things what's my favorite format it is canadian highlander and um my format after that kind of depends on what i'm enjoying at the moment at the moment historic i was really enjoying explorer before that i mostly have to play digital these days um is the November Lord of the Rings release bringing new cards? Yes, some. Some. It's not like the release we just had for Lord of the Rings, but there are some um, involved in the new scenes. Uh, let's see. When is the next stream where Chris will be open to questions since he's in charge of Arena? Um, we are going to have... I'd have to look at my schedule, but we have been talking about having another um, Arena stream with Kirits uh, and or Ian coming in the coming months i have to look at the exact date but sometime soon um any tidbits to other cards that were considered for unbands and legacy i think most people were surprised at Mind's desire in a good way yeah i mean so part of it god what else was discussed i think of the things i can remember I think somebody mentioned Mind Twist. I don't know that it was seriously discussed. Mind Twist isn't a very fun card. It's a very strong card. Um, Minds Desire has actually been something that has come up in previous BNR announcements for a possible unbanning for Legacy. So I think there was some momentum around it. Um, Legacy has a really high bar to clear for being playable, even coming off of that list. because you have all of Magic's uh, history there. So they, I know they wanted to give something for legacy players to really chew on something meaty, something that would create sort of new decks, new archetypes, that sort of deal. So um, that, that was a lot of where that came from. Um, do you know where, you, Blake, do you know where your last name comes from? In Denmark, it's a common name. Uh, my family's Danish. The, the Rasmussen side of my family is Danish. Um, Danish, German, sort of that area. Um, yeah, my my ancestors with the Rasmussen last name came from Denmark. When does preview season for Wilds of Eldrain start? Sorry if it's been asked before. Next week, Tuesday. Um, but the story has started today. So if you're already itching to learn more about Wilds of Eldrain and what's going on, um, the story by K.R.S. and Rivera um, is up today on Daily DailyMTG, uh, you can check that out. Uh, I thought it was an Iowan name. I'm not Iowan, I lived in Iowa for a while, and then I left Iowa. Um, the unbanning of things no longer necessary to be on the ban list is a good move for eternal formats. It is, but when we unban things, we also want them to have an impact and a reason for being. Is there a remote chance other formats beyond Explorer, Pioneer, Making Megan's Again, never say never. That's gonna be, the, I'm gonna title this stream the never say never stream. Uh, when will you announce the release date for Ixalan? So, um, possibly at MagicCon Vegas, probably at MagicCon Vegas. That is, um, we're, we're still work, we're still finalizing that content. So I don't wanna say it's definitely gonna be there, but that is uh, likely. Has there been discussion of complete unbanning of modern, like fully power the this, this silliness? Now, uh, not in any sort of competitive format, but I know, I know stores will run unsanctioned uh, modern, un, you know, no ban list modern events. Uh, so, stores stores run those kind of events. Talk to your local game store if you're interested in something like that. They may throw something together. Let's see. There are Other questions, I mean, we. I'm, I'm actually, I'm shocked you guys had, uh, you, you all had some great questions. Um, and we went, we went basically the full hour. I didn't, I didn't think we were going to, but here we are. Any surprises you're able to share for MagicCon Vegas? Not yet. Not yet. Hmm. Um. Oh, were you at Zulu's the other weekend? It was not. All right, I think, I think we've run out of questions I can answer. So um, yeah, we went the whole time. So I appreciate you all tuning in, asking some great questions, having a good discussion. Uh, These are always fun streams for me and I hope that you learned a little bit. Um, We are gonna be back next week with the debut. For Wilds of Eldraine, so uh, we are going to be we're going to be on the after show. So we're going to have the debut, which will be a video showing a bunch of new cards, talking about the mechanics, the story, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and then we'll follow afterwards um, for a discussion about those mechanics. We'll preview more cards in the after show. We'll talk about mechanics. We'll talk about Archetypes. The after show is where I'm going to show the universes beyond cards. If you're interested in the universes, or sorry, the universes within cards, the versions of um, the Walking Dead cards. So definitely tune in if you're interested in that. Um, so in the meantime, tune into the Wilds of Eldraine story. Episode one is today. It's going to be running into next week, um, right up leading up to the debut. So check out those stories. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.